broadcasting rent-free from the top of your head. You're listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. We have a very critical question that needs to be answered. What is the best movie snack? Popcorn or nachos? So Adrian can get over his crisis of consciousness or something whatever he's having right now existential crisis uh <laughs> okay you're making it seem like well my my reality is collapsing in on itself because of this conversation cat and i had over okay so today obviously if you've seen the thumbnail we're talking about air force one so we cut up on air force one right uh she watched the movie before i did again then it was my turn to watch it, and I asked her, hey, she just watched it recently. Let me just ask her, hey, is this movie more of a popcorn or a nachos kind of movie? And apparently I'm weird because, <laughs> like, who eats nachos with a movie? I literally, I'm sorry. I've just, I've never eaten nachos while watching a movie. I, I it's just not, not something I've ever done. So. And I found that incredibly weird. So then I asked Flip, <laughs> and he's like. I don't really associate nachos with movies either. And I'm like, Flip is, is this my guy. just a me thing? So today on Instagram, I posted a poll on my story. Uh, favorite movie night uh, food. Nachos yes. or or popcorn. What is it at now? Right now, it has fluctuated crazily throughout the day. <laughs> nachos popcorn was winning for a while. No. Uh, but right now, it's 59% for popcorn and 41% for nachos. And that's out of like 50 or so people voting. Wow. Nice little poll. It's not a bad sample size. But you got to admit, it's pretty close. It's been pretty competitive. I haven't looked, but um, yeah, that is pretty close. I would have think I would have thought that popcorn would have taken a big, a big jump. But apparently there are a lot of nacho eaters, nacho eating movie watchers. (laughs) You know, I even had a friend of mine comment, uh, send me a message following up with the poll saying, yeah, I, I, you know, I love popcorn as much as the next person, but I just can't deal with the kernels that get stuck in your teeth. And that you voted for nachos. That is pretty annoying. I can't lie. I always want to like go floss. Right. I don't you know. You brush your teeth. You brush your <laughs> teeth over and over again. And days <laughs> later, you're still finding like one or two jammed somewhere up in there. Now but I want some popcorn. No. <laughs> popcorn will always forever be associated with movies. I get that. But this also proves to me that I'm not weird for occasionally having indulging. some nachos. <laughs> indulging in nachos with a movie, even though you make me feel like a freak. Fair enough. Sorry. That was not my intention. I think it's just because on my <laughs> end, like, I associate nachos with sports. Like, it's a very, like, they go hand in hand with sports, I feel like. Nachos is... Nachos it, I associate with any kind of event viewing. I mean, there's that too, right? Because it's always those really crappy chips with the really crappy cheese. Yeah. <laughs> the weird the weird outlier, I think, are movie theater hot dogs. Because hot dogs I associate with baseball. And, yeah. you know, I, I just always find it weird. Like at home, you're like, hey, let's make some popcorn. Or nachos, you know, for the movie. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, hey, let's, let's make some hot dogs for the movie. No. Right? Like yeah. just saying that felt weird. But, you know, theaters all over the country sell them. Or they, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you live in one of those states that still has movie theaters open, please don't eat the hot dogs. <laughs> Although, 
maybe you just gain COVID immunity. You know, who knows? <laughs> but so we are the here. Point being, yes, I had nachos while watching Air Force One today, <laughs> and I had neither popcorn nor nachos while I watched Air Force One over the weekend. Um, because I was watching it after everybody went to bed, and I usually just curl up and or shove chocolate in my face. I was probably eating some sort of chocolate. There you go. Something. Candy. Candy. Yep. <laughs> something bubbly, something crunchy, and something sweet. Exactly. That's all you need. Yes. So this week we thought it would be fun to talk about reasons why Air Force One <laughs> is one of our favorite presidential movies with the inauguration this week and the fact that we kind of did a political episode back in November before the election um, and things worked out well. <laughs> uh, and so we thought it would be fun to do something fun for the election. And yeah, that's where we are, <laughs> right, Adrian? I don't know. Was there more of a thought process? No, we really just like Air Force One. And we, we really like to a talk couple. A couple months ago, we were just talking about Harrison Ford, I think, and Air Force One came up, and we both realized we really both love Air Force One. It's a really, really you know banging movie, and uh, <laughs> that was kind of like the end of it, right? It's like, yeah, it's a cool movie. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was like, hey, we should do Air Force One for inauguration day. I think that'd be that'd be cool. I was like, hell yes, because I love this. So this, so, so this movie came out in 1997, right? Um, <laughs> and it's like peak 90s, like oh yeah, popcorn flick. It's a good, just you know, they don't make them like this anymore. No, they don't. They, and they do I not. think you know, this is like this is one of those movies that like whenever it comes on TV, if I can just sit down and watch it, like it's just great for that because it's like it's a good way to just lose yourself for two hours. It's fun. It's got good action. The plot is mostly comprehensible. Um, I was Mostly. when I was when I was watching it this weekend. I was kind of like, this plot is ridiculous, but <laughs> I don't care. We had we had people storm the Capitol building in like two. I weeks know. Ago. Is it really that far fetched? After that, I'm like, you know what? I could see this happening nowadays. Sadly, Just swap out the Russians. A little, little for, too close to home. Yeah, yeah. Swap out the Russians with some you know cult presidential supporters. You know who I'm talking about and. <laughs> you, got, you got the plot for Air Force One. <laughs> but on that, so, you know, j- jumping right in, I, I I loved Air Force One. I watched it a lot growing up, but I have not seen it in years, right? And even then, growing up, I only saw it on TV. Um, When we initially talked about it a couple months ago, you know, I, I, I said, why don't I own this movie? I really enjoy this movie. So I got myself a 4K copy of it, you know, mm-hmm. fantastic, put it on my shelf, pulled that out to watch it tonight banging movie i it's so much better than i remember <laughs> we're just talking about how they don't make him like that anymore peak 90s popcorn thriller it's yeah but it's also peak 90s uh patriotism oh my gosh yes as like in the, but the it, but pre- it's, it's 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 not toxic patriotism so like like for, forgive me if i'm rambling a bit but i just no. could not get over the fact that you know, I was born in uh, in 92, right? So, you know, I was a youngin throughout the Clinton administration, right? 
but, but even as a kid, you know, I, I could kind of kind of read my parents' reaction to things politically speaking, you know. I would talk to them about, oh, yeah, you're going to grow up to be president if you want to. Or the teachers at my schools. Yeah, you know, you want to grow up to serve your country. There's in that. There was a very positive uh, uh, outlook on being involved in politics. Mm-hmm. When George Bush went into office in 2000, again, I had no idea what was going on with the whole Florida thing and Al Gore, yada, yada. <laughs> but I even at that young age, I noticed a shift and things that's yeah. uh, that was the beginning of the divide that has just flourished over the past 20 years right basically yeah. to what it is now mm-hmm. it started with bush it, it got wider with obama and out here we are with trump this yeah. movie as it is could not be made today just because of that divide and, and Air Force One, you never find out if he's Republican or Democrat. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I know. So that was one point that I was like, because I took a few notes during the movie. And one thing that really struck me during this movie is there is absolutely zippo mention of like which political party mm-hmm. he is affiliated with, which I thought was super fascinating because right? Okay, so we were on usually, the same wavelength watching yeah, this. Because yeah. usually it comes up, you know, like some somehow or you would think so you know and hilariously enough, yeah, watching this in 2021 and the fact that like the 25th amendment gets brought up and you've got, you know, the secretary <laughs> you've got the secretary of defense or whoever Dean Stockwell plays now, I forget. I think he's supposed to be the secretary of defense. Um, <laughs> and you know, they're trying to like get, uh, Glenn close, Catherine, Catherine, her name's Catherine. <laughs> yeah. Said her name um, off often enough. Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, she, you know, they're trying to like get her to sign off on the 25th amendment. And I was like, Oh man, this is too real right now. Like, <laughs> But but it's like it's not even, you know, and she's like refusing to do it. And it's not even like but it's it's not even like that's kind of like an under, you know, not even maybe like a B plot or maybe kind of a B plot. But, you know, it's like it's not even like, oh, you know, this guy was like a comp- political compromise or something or, you know, they have a view opposing viewpoints and something. It's like they're trying to figure out the best way to make decisions because like the chain of command needs to be followed. So there's, but there's like literally no, no reference to any political party, which is frankly very impressive in this kind of like raw, raw American patriotism. Yeah. We, we didn't have movie. the divide back in the nineties. Yeah. When it was made. So interestingly, it, I went to the Wikipedia page for this movie uh-huh. <laughs> and um, cause it's been a while since I have watched it too. And I think I watched, I watched this movie a lot back in the day. I don't remember if I saw it in the theaters. I feel like I probably did not, but this was like the height because I had watched star Wars and Indiana Jones. And so I was like full in on my Harrison Ford obsession. So no doubt that I watched this many times, um, probably on VHS. Um, <laughs> when it was available <laughs> but um oh my god now I've totally lost third oh so I went to the Wikipedia page after I watched it um and was just kind of reading a little bit about the movie and there was a novelization that was written you are such a nerd I'm such a nerd I know and <laughs> 
And I, I kind of want to read the no- I'm kind of <laughs> read the novelization to a 1997 political action movie. But but interestingly, interestingly, I'm going somewhere with this. Interestingly, it's in, on the Wikipedia page for Air Force One. It is it does say that in the novelization that was written of this movie that Harrison Ford's James Marshall is supposed to be a Republican president. Apparently, that's what he is in the book. Um, but. It's a novelization, so it doesn't really count. We all know that. Uh. <laughs> well, actually, on that, so, you know, because I was thinking about that, too, while I was watching. And, you know, to, to my to my viewing eyes, analytical side, right? I President Marshall, Harrison Ford's President Marshall, seems to be designed to have the best of both sides. The, the values of both Democrat and Republican in one. Like yeah. an idealized fusion of, of, yeah. of both. <laughs> but yeah, like it's clear because he has obviously, you know, like his character has great compassion for his family and the people that work under him. And just because he's the president, he's not a jerk about it or trying to save himself. I, You know, <laughs> so it's obviously like he has that deep compassion for other people. Um, but he's obviously, I mean, I think it's pretty like blatant from the start of the movie where it's whole like the whole thing is he's like he gives a speech and then it's like you know we'll not negotiate with terrorists we're not gonna wait anymore um you know it's definitely kind of that like kind of like more like pro-war pro-action yeah um there's a republican mentality yeah Uh and so because i was thinking i was like they don't mention what party he is but i was like "Mm, i think he'd probably be a republican (laughs) maybe (laughs) We don't care because it's Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford just. No, we don't care because he's being all pro-war about, yes. hey, if you're <laughs> if you're doing this to people, we're going to come in and stop. That's you. true. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it the whole setup. It's is, not. It's yeah. not. We're not. We're going to go in there and take your oil. We're going to go in there and mm-hmm. you know introduce drugs into your economy. No, we're not doing that. We're going to go in and we're going to stop you from stop killing you from other people. Bad things. Yeah. Yeah. From hurting innocent people. So I haven't seen any of those of like the new new presidential type action thrillers like no. Olympus Has Fallen or no. White House Down. I have not seen any of those. No, me neither. So I can't. I, I kind of want to now because I kind of want to compare how different they mm. they are. That 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 would be interesting. Um, how much see. the actual like the tone political has changed. yeah. Because the '90s, like even Independence Day, you know, you got Bill Pullman's president in that movie. I don't recall. What political party he's supposed to be i don't know if they ever mention it in there aaron what <laughs> side note aaron was i was like oh we were like talking you know we're gonna be talking our favorite presidential movie on the podcast this week and he's like independence day and i was like no <laughs> that's your favorite presidential movie. <laughs> i hold independence day and air force one pretty equally as far as that goes to be fair it is yes is very good and I don't fault anyone. <laughs> well, President Whitmore in Independence Day is also a war hero, like President That's Marshall true. in Air Force One. Yes, which I so, uh, yeah. same mold. They're the same mold of, of president. Yeah, Harrison Ford's like you know a little little tougher. <laughs> but yeah, so you know because of all these reasons, I just don't think this movie could be made in this exact same way. There'd be some sort of agenda leaking through. Oh yeah, totally. One way or another, and it's it's, it's mind boggling that twenty how, twenty years. 25 i want to say 25 25 years difference it's just like insane that we got from that to trump propaganda films that are like reminiscent (laughs) of like nazi germany like it's insane yeah 
what's even more disturbing is that Trump really likes this movie. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> he wishes he was as good as Harrison Ford. Um, <laughs> one of the little details that's in this movie is that they note that like President Marshall in the movie flew helicopters in Vietnam, which I think is kind of a, a nice nod to Harrison Ford himself being a pilot. Um, always crashes oh yeah well there's so then there's another part in the movie where he's like trying to dump the fuel and he's like too many goddamn wires or whatever and i was like that's pretty much harrison ford's piloting philosophy <laughs> too many goddamn wires <laughs> at least now <laughs> maybe not back in the day but <laughs> you know uh, you know tangent on that towards the end of the movie when him and william h macy who Phenomenal actor, too. One of my favorite. This favorites. movie introduced me, I think, to William H. Macy. Really? Which, yeah. I I mean, maybe not, but this is the first, like, role I really like. He, William H. Macy sticking out in my mind. Just side note on your side note. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably had seen William H. Macy before, but he, my, my first, like, if I had to pick, like, my first William H. Macy movie, it'd be Jurassic Park 3. But I'm pretty sure I've seen it before because the dude shows up in everything. So I know he's definitely. We love William H Macy here. We no, do. He, he's great. But uh, back to the the point. I get to wonder behind the scenes if there's any footage of William H M- Macy as a co-pilot doing like a Chewbacca roar or something. <laughs> like you, you just get Falcon vibes when they strap in towards the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah. We really want to get into it. (laughs) Is it fair to call Air Force One a bipartisan presidential movie just because of how neutral it is in regards to that? (laughs) I guess you could. I don't know. (laughs) Again, just I feel like a broken record now. We'll move on to a different point, but it's just so bizarre watching it in this this specific political climate we've been living through. Yeah. It's hard. It's hopeful. It's refreshing. It's like, oh my God. It's like, I've been breathing this whole time, but that's what fresh air is? <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. And frankly, we need more films like that again, I think. You're going to be all political about it. you got to make a political movie. Air Force One is not a bad example template to look at. <laughs> M.I.O. <laughs> Bring back Harrison Ford as, I don't know, whatever. Uh, no. <laughs> he could be the actual pilot this time. No. <sighs> so, okay, so we've we, we gone through the whole, yeah, it's a very, it's very much a, a an artifact of its time. That's just, yes. like, fascinating to watch now. Yeah. If a movie has Harrison Ford in it, it's automatically watchable, even if it's garbage. Yep. Uh, how many female vice presidents have shown up in... In media at that time, like before. That's a really good question. I don't know. Um, And the thing is, in 97, I don't feel like it felt all that out there, right? Um, But but now, as, you know, we're approaching Inauguration Day and we're actually going to see our first female vice president, it's like, this... (laughs) How many years later? 24 years later. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, I, so found a, cool. I found a list. Oh, There's you found an article a list. on Wikipedia oh. entitled Female <laughs> President of the United States in Popular Culture. Oh. <laughs> There's a whole article. Uh, whole article. All right. 
were how many how many are on that Wikipedia list? I don't know. It's a really long list. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. But anyway, the fact that I had to look up a list to remember another female vi- fictional female vice president that was like a prominent role in the film or the show. Yes, yeah. You know, speaks volumes already. Not just there for, you know, little 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 cool little, oh, let's make her a female vice president. That'd be neat. But let's not give her any lines or let's not make her an important character. Yeah. She got to do stuff. Be vice presidential. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> actually give the news media relevant information um, and not a bunch of lies. <laughs> she 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 kept the chain of command intact. She she almost signed that paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, she believes in president President Harrison Ford, and she yeah. decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was a big deal. That would have that was a big deal. You know, plot wise, just like what would these guys do if they did take uh take over the chain of command, so to speak, and yeah, just do their own thing. Yeah, might have been better. Might have been worse. Yeah. This movie is such a great movie because also being a product of its time in the 90s, it's like this movie is full of, hey, it's that guy or woman because it's full. It's full of those cameos, you know. I mean, you've got freaking Glenn Close, Dean Stockwell, William H. Macy, Paul Gillifoyle. I mean, it's, you know, that's that's a that's a pretty good cast. Um, a f- <laughs> And then Gary Oldman as the villain. Gary Oldman, of, of course, course, who is just terrifying so, in this movie. Yes, yeah. So um, Glenn Glenn uh, Morshower, I think is his name, also shows up in this movie. Oh, he's he's like the generic go to military guy for Michael Bay and like any other two thousand two thousand tens. Yeah, yeah. Like I think in the Transformers movies is. Name is just his his actual character's name his, is his, his name. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it as like a character actor when you just you get to be like who you are, but just <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> or <laughs> he's a very much hey, it's that guy. Another hey, it's that guy. Maybe uh-huh. a less a, a less well known, but hey, it's that guy. And this movie is full <laughs> of them, which I love. Like that's not that's not a critique. Like I. <laughs> I think that's great. I don't know. I'm, I'm under the impression that that the same group of people made all the movies in the 90s and early 2000s. I think, yes. What was really interesting about this movie that I read on Wikipedia, so hopefully it's true, <laughs> um, was that Randy Newman was initially supposed to do the score for this movie. No way. Can you imagine apparent and apparently the director hated it like he thought it was too campy and over the top and so the second composer randy, randy newman toy story yes and he apparently the second composer that they pulled in or no sorry so the second composer that they pulled in had to write the score for this movie in 12 days which is why it jerry sounds goldsmith? very repetitious yes you're talking but, about Jerry Goldsmith, right? Yes, Jerry Goldsmith, who who composed it. Um, but apparently, Randy Newman used some of the music that he was that was going to be in Air Force One in Toy Story, according to the rumors. I don't you know got a plane in me. <laughs> you got a plane in me. You got a president in cabinets too. <laughs> I am so sorry. 
whoever's listening to this, it just could not help it. I, yeah. So, hey, so, look, it's Gary Oldman. <laughs> wow, I, I, wow, like, you just blew my mind, lady. That is wild. Isn't it, though? Like, that's crazy. But also I'm kind gonna, of hilarious, because I cannot honestly imagine this movie scored by Randy Newman. Well, no, um, no I want to go back and watch Toy Story and try and pick out which parts <laughs> of the score would work with Air Force One. It's like, hey, that sounds presidential, or hey, that sounds like a like a get-off-my-plane type of song. Like, okay. Get off my plane, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know, Woody to Buzz, get out of my room. I don't know. <laughs> when he, like, <laughs> punches him off the, or they, he falls off the window ledge or something. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, there's your trivia for um, this week's episode. You know, I was planning on watching The Fugitive after this just because I'm, like, a total Harrison Ford, you know, non-genre film Harrison Ford mode right now. But now I'm going to watch Toy Story. Yeah. And then I'm going to listen to the soundtrack. Harrison Ford was, I mean, this was like, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't really know what I would say would be like peak Harrison Ford, but this was definitely peak 90s Harrison Ford, I think, um, mm-hmm. personally. But he did a bunch of these like kind of action-y, thrillery type movies. No, he did a lot, but I think if you ask anybody to bring up a Harrison Ford movie that isn't Star Wars or Indiana Jones... <laughs> Chances are they'll bring up Air Force One or yeah. maybe The Fugitive. Yeah, probably those two. Probably is most well known. I wonder, gosh, when did... Sorry, now this is going off on a tangent. So I remember when Harrison Ford starred in the Sabrina remake, and I definitely saw that in the theater because, again, like, height of Harrison Ford obsession. So interesting. Okay, so Air Force One was after that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Well, no, okay. no one's gonna bring up Firewall or or six days, seven one... nights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one's gonna bring any of those up. <laughs> Depending on your on who you're talking to, they might bring up. Oh yeah, I love the Call of the Wild or Ender's Game. You know, <laughs> I love cowboys and aliens. <laughs> Dear listener, we at the Brain Slug Podcast would like to sincerely apologize for failing to mention Blade Runner in our quick rundown of other films featuring the great Harrison Ford. We understand that our team failed to live up to our usual podcast nerd standard, and for that we are truly sorry. We now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast. Not a tangent, just more on this movie. A lot of people died. Yeah, that's the only thing I don't love about this movie. <laughs> and I've I know we've kind of talked we talked about it a little bit when we did like the Man of Steel and uh Batman versus Superman, you know, kind of all like the wanton destruction and like all those people. Um and so this is a little bit less, but there still are some like just a lot of poor innocent people that die because they happen to be, you know, on a plane with the president. Um again, yeah. like, sucked out of the back of the <laughs> like the of thing the, plane. the thing with this one. So yeah, we talked about Man of Steel and just like you get kind of numb to it. You just see like the CG bodies flailing around. Yeah. 
you know fetishizing it is what i refer to it but in yes. this one you feel you feel it every time someone dies i know you're like no no they were no. so oh no and they like, were so close oh he uh, just yeah. oh, wasn't he wearing the parachute yeah and then like yeah. the poor yeah. hostages the worst for me is the um is the the media director yeah that that was terrible he, yeah and it's like he wants to go and like you can see the conflict and then like his wife and daughter are right freaking there i mean this is like and so this is where like gary oldman comes into play as being a really excellent villain in this um and you know his coldness and kind of his depth of belief in what he is doing um yeah he really but, really oh. loved president trump yeah <laughs> hmm. um <laughs> and so that that scene and apparently i was reading that scene was actually very hard for a lot of people to film too um so it's just yeah but i just remember you're like no 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 don't don't ah! and i mean thank goodness you know that's not actual like we don't really see very much what do you mean hard to film just because? Well, because apparently, and again, this is like rumor, and I think I read this on the Wikipedia page or IMDb. But This episode is not sponsored by Wikipedia. No, we it's not. Wikipedia it's many sponsored times by Kat's recording. constant reading of Wikipedia. But, um, <laughs> but um, well, because I wanted to know, again, because I was kind of curious, <laughs> just, like just, what? Just, anyway. Um, so apparently they were able to get a tour of Air Force One or part of Air Force One, like Harrison Ford, I guess, called up the Bill Clinton president, the White House, and was like, hey, can we get a tour of Air Force One for this movie that I'm going to do? And they were like, sure, Harrison Ford, not a problem. Oh, that's interesting, because I was wondering how accurate the plane was. Well, uh, yeah. And so another anecdote is that, like, the director tried to, like, get a tour, and they were like, no, it's, you know, it's confidential. Only people who are you know cleared can do it and then harrison ford was like yeah it's harrison ford they were like oh sure for you anything (laughs) (laughs) um so apparently apparently the the media the character of the media director in or the media liaison whatever her role is relations in the movie is like kind of based off the woman that gave them the tour of air force one. And so that's why it was like really uncomfortable (laughs) for them because they like modeled this poor woman after the tour guide. And so then it was like, and then they like executed her in the plane. So apparently that was a little bit uncomfortable for some of the people that were working because they, you know, (laughs) she was based on someone that they had met (laughs) and not just, you know, so yeah anyway but i just that scene always like from watching that movie from you know many years ago for the very first time that scene always has stuck in my head um well yeah along with the people people getting sucked out of the back of the plane because that's like a fear of mine (laughs) so you know (laughs) terrifying no but just props to to uh, everything everything came together in this movie as far as writing and editing and directing just because every nameless person on that plane that died i felt it it made me feel bad yeah yeah so i mean to to get that kind of reaction for nobody's for red shirts essentially yeah really like that's like the poor guy who throws in his plane this was (laughs) 
Oh, the jet, <laughs> that, the fighter, that part, the fighter pilot. I, it's kind of hilarious because it's like the equivalent of then when someone else takes a bullet for Marshall later on. Um, Paul Guilfoyle's character takes a bullet for him, but it's basically like the same, like throwing the jet in front of the, in front of the missile. Um, like no, yeah, <laughs> you know this movie is just wild. <laughs> Let's talk about the action for a bit now since we're on that. Yes. There is set piece after set piece after set piece. And it's pretty tense. Like, I had forgotten how tense this movie is. Like, once they get on the plane and stuff starts happening, like, there's not really, even when they're cutting to the scenes in the White House, like, there is just constant tension. And yes, you know, action scene after action scene. But, like, it compared to to like some of the action movies of today where it kind of becomes like you just kind of start getting numb to it. I think the action in this movie is varied enough that it doesn't necessarily feel that way. I think at least to me, it's maybe over the, the top fight, enough. Yeah. It's over the top enough that, you know, you can just enjoy it and have fun with it when it's happening, but it's always punctuated with this either moment of relief or disaster that you're just like yeah. <laughs> ever impending doom yeah yeah because the, the movie does a good job setting up the stakes like very like the, that the opening act the first act just I, sets everything up so brilliantly yeah. so you are constantly aware of what's at stake for the duration even if you're not thinking about it you just feel it still Yes. And I had forgotten how this movie started because it's been so long. Like I remember the middle and the end really well, but I'd I'd kind of forgotten the beginning of this movie. Um so the only part that I was really groaning about when they it was like when they bring the plane like when the pilots are are going to bring the plane into land at the very beginning to like, you know, deal with the, the terrorist situation. And then you get like, they, they're killed and you've got the one guy that's trying to like pilot this, you know, speeding, I don't know what air force one is like a seven forty seven or something. Um, seven fifty seven. I don't know, whatever. It's a Boeing plane. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so we, (laughs) um, but that was the only part that I was like, this is, really stupid (laughs) when they're like on the tarmac and he's trying to like pilot it around and get it back up in the air and there's one point where they get like super close to the flight tower and like the trees and like shave off some of the and i was like "Mm." (laughs) it's like a minor complaint i was like that's the only part i was really like really (laughs) of all the stupid you watch star wars movies religiously that should not be a problem for you you would think. And most of the time, my suspension of disbelief is just fine. Like, I don't care about the cartwheeling CGI plane. <laughs> they they bypass the compressor or whatever. That's how they got it to work fine. Don't, don't worry about it. It's all good. But it, it's a great it's a great example of action that serves the story. And as a result, you, you don't get tired of it. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't. I guess for me, because that's not really, I mean, like I like action, but at a certain point I get kind of tired of when it's just kind of like endless fight scenes. Yes. Like I feel like all of the action serves a purpose and none of it's over long really to, to my mind. Like it all feels like just, 
just the right amount <laughs> of kind of cool, badass stuff. And then, you know, you're moving on to something else. So I just this movie is like it's like comfort food. It's like popcorn or nachos. Like it's just <laughs> it's just it's just good. Uh, maybe not good for you, but it's good. <laughs> you enjoy nah, it. <laughs> I, w- I would argue our first one's legit. Like <laughs> if we're going to be all if we're going to be if we're going that route, you know, movie versus cinema quote unquote mm. i put our force one under cinema quote unquote. oh <laughs> it just like if you're if you want to watch popcorn a, cinema <laughs> yeah popcorn cinema exactly i mean yeah, if you, mm. if, if you want to watch a movie that does have like the kind of like rah-rah american patriotism to it but doesn't feel overdone like I think this is a good a good level of that um, without really being super gratuitous in any way. And other people yeah, might yeah. disagree, but no, 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 no. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, you know I just finished watching it like an hour ago before we started recording. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, to be gonna... young and single. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna I was just gonna thinking about it, and then I started thinking, what's what's the last quote-unquote patriotic patriotic uh movie that i've that i watched oh, I, didn't, I tend to kind of stay away from those just yeah cause, you same because it feels kind of icky yeah and i the last one i saw was american sniper oh, which is like seen that. the exact opposite of this as far as you know it's it's a clint eastwood movie so that alone should tell you everything you need to know yeah it's it was a <laughs> good story good plot uh yeah right it's a real story too so i'm like you can't really you know fault the plot for anything there i mean that's you know the story that's it's just just a stylized way of saying it but talking about the gratuitous nature of some of these movies this one the story ends this president is saved his family is saved happily ever after right the jets are flying off into the sunset american sniper i only saw once in theaters but if i remember correctly after the story's over, you get this America montage at the end. That's just American flags and this Aww. and that. Just that I think kind of for some people that's like at cinema. This is this is an amazing movie. I love it. You know, behind me there's a guy crying with his gun in the seat next to him. Right? What? Like that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you do live in Texas, so I would not be <laughs> totally surprised. It wasn't his gun. It was his horse. Oh, okay. Well, uh-huh. that makes it better. No, <laughs> but both him, both him and the horse or the gun were crying. <laughs> like it's that. It was that kind of a that kind of a montage slash ending. And for it's, me, it just kind of wow. ruined it. Yeah, because like you got the story of a of this, you know, this this sniper who you know had issues and he dies. And yes, it's very sad. It's a very emotional moment. But then he just t- turned it basically into a political ad with that montage oh, at the end, ugh, gross. which I think ruins it. And, and again, we, well, to the earlier point about how political films nowadays are just, you, you can't have, you got to have a stance one way or another. And if Air Force One came out today the same way it is now, it would not be received as well as it was back then, I think, just because. Probably not. You need a lot more American flags and like, you know, I mean, there's definitely like that kind of like America, yeah, we're the best or strongest or whatever, but you know, in like his whole speech and kind of the way that they approach this, um, the whole problem and stuff. But um, yeah, I was trying to no, think of they're they're relying on Russia to help out with the situation. So that's like 
I, I can't see that happening nowadays. Like, yeah, oh, no, the Russian, no. Russian talk ally about, in this movie. Talk about idealized fiction, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but on top of that, even, you know, left or right, people would not appreciate this movie being so neutral. They would want to see their political ideals being reflected back at them. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes me wonder, how do... You know, I'm 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 liberal. I'm a liberal. You're you're a liberal. Very. We really enjoy this movie, and it makes me wonder, like, what would a conservative, modern day conservative, watching this think nowadays? They would probably love it too, but they'd also be projecting their things onto it, like we mm-hmm. are, just because of how neutral it is. Because it's there's no stance, hard stance, one way or another. You can project whatever you want onto it. Yeah. You can't do that with American Sniper. <laughs> I can tell you that much. No. Yeah. I'm like, what's the last patriotic movie I watched? And the only thing that comes to mind is like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. We're at the very end. He's like, you know. <laughs> Wait, just because there's an American flag on the pole doesn't mean it's. Well, but but there's that whole part about, you know, like, you know, because it's New York and. <laughs> You know, they're like, you can't do that. This is New York or whatever. When the, like the Green Goblin is um, <laughs> it's like, that's what comes to mind for me. <laughs> the look that Adrian is giving me right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying what comes to mind. I would argue mind. Man of Steel is more patriotic. I can't say that right now. Patriotic than Spider-Man, but maybe. But I'm just saying what comes to my mind. Uh, <laughs> General, I'm, I'm from Kansas. I'm I'm as American as they come. You know that line. <laughs> Weird flex, cat. Right? Weird flex. I don't probably wouldn't classify it as a flex, but you know whatever. <laughs> just saying. That's what uh, comes to my mind. Now that I've broken Adrian's brain for the second time in as many days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. Why Why do I watch movies with her? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so looking forward to you to watching Godzilla for, for Godzilla vs. Kong coverage. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Tangent. Famous last words. Famous last words. <laughs> if anything, we just be like, well, this didn't make sense. And this didn't make sense. What does this mean? No. <laughs> oh, that's all fine. But, you know, that tangent. Uh, just to kind of wrap up here, I think I think the most important thing, reason people should watch Air Force One again right now, especially, is because it reminds you that you can be a patriot. You can be proud of your country. Without being an asshole about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's good. It's very, that was very like, Adrian. We just mentioned we both kind of stay away from Murica type films. But watching this, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, patriotism isn't a synonym for asshole. This movie, <laughs> <laughs> this movie is proof. It's, you know, it's, it's an, it's a idealized, possibly non-believable version of that. But I mean, it's something, it's a feeling you should strive for, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say. That's a good way to put it. It's kind of like I mean, I think we talked about this a little when it's like these these characters are obviously like the idealized, like at least in the terms of um, you know, like James Marshall. It's kind of like 
and and the people that are around him it's kind of, except for the one secret agents that not secret agent service Sur- <laughs> secret service, secret service. <laughs> wow um secret the service mole. guy that's yep. like that's turned turncoat um but you know everyone's kind of like that very idealized you know they only want to do what's best for the country and he only you know he's trying to do best by the people that works for him and for his family and you know the people that work for him are willing to put their lives on the line for him um you know and kind of be be the the best everyone's like kind of the best version and there's not a lot of like petty squabbling and um it's so it's a movie yeah. of people working together to solve a problem caused by bad people they just happen to be politicians yeah <laughs> And one of them just happens to be the president of the United States. <laughs> and on that note, uh, <laughs> if you want to share your <laughs> thoughts with us about Air Force One, politics in general, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at BrainSlugPod or our website, bluelabpro.com slash BrainSlug. You can call me out specifically on Instagram at bluelabpro. Uh, you can find me and chat with me anytime on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. And, uh, you know, uh, let me know. Popcorn or nachos for movie night. <laughs> Where do you fall on the spectrum of movie snacks? It's critical that we know. So please let me know. In the meantime, be safe. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> You you should be listening to the. This is coming out on inauguration day, so hopefully we can we brought a little levity to you on what's bound to be a very very tense day. Yes, unfortunately. So, yeah. Again, be safe, and until next time, y'all. Bye, guys. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. Edited and produced by Adrian Mesa with original music composed by Felipe Rosales. And original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs>